podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. As your post-match reaction for Everton 1, Tottenham Hotspur 1 and Instant Phil game at Goodison Park today. Um, first of all, first thing to say before we get into anything, a lot of talk points from the game is obviously Andre Gomez has suffered a, a really bad injury um, tonight and it's gotten for the lad, isn't it, Mark? Yeah. Um, before you even get into the, the selfish connotations of what this means for Everton going forward, an incredibly talented footballer who's undoubtedly just lost a year of his career. Um, we'll go on to talk about the circumstances that led to it and the wider context of that later in the game, but it's just it's horrific to see not only the incident but the impact that it has on fellow professionals for the remainder of the game. Uh, I don't think, regardless of what happened in the game, and, and clearly it was it was a fortunate one for Everton in terms of the way it finished, but. I've never really seen a reaction like that at full time from anyone at Goodison Park. For all 22 players, or 21, excuse me, just to freeze in a moment where they were instantly took back to that moment. I think credit must go from what we've seen at this stage after the game to the Everton players who were very quickly on the scene to to try and calm Andre Gomez down and and try and deflect his attention away from what was clearly a, a very serious injury. But... Just, a, just an incredibly gutting moment um, and it, it's hard that we, we have to come back and we have to try and analyse a football match to take it in, in a context that doesn't instantly take you back to a young lad's career Yeah, it's, it's difficult to come away from this and analyse the game because yeah. we've got a really bad injury to Andre Gomez and of course some really baffling and bizarre VAR calls as well so it, it's kind of a I've got a cluster of thoughts in my head and they're probably not particularly well arranged <laughs> I mean all, all we can say is obviously yeah um, sympathy to Andre Gomez fingers crossed he comes back anything like the player that he was before because I think that's going to be a challenge in itself uh, I've not seen the replay of the decision so I can't really go into too much detail as to what actually happened just my perception of it is that Son was a bit petulant runs after a, a, a ball like he'd lost himself and clearly looked to bring down Andre Gomez whether whether that's a, a red card or not I don't know um, but I think there are other decisions in the game as well that did go against Everson particularly the, the Deli Alley handball um, sp- spent about five minutes with most of us r- looking around in befuddlement um, I think you yourself tweeted about this Matt and I'm in complete agreement with the sentiment which was basically that this is not for football fans that are attending the game and it, it's not because there are no clear lines of communication there's one where Richarlison looks to go down before um, before that incident in the second half, and apparently that was checked. We didn't see it on the on the big screen. When they checked other decisions, it went <coughs> went on the big screen. It's not communicated clearly. The referee isn't making the decision in the end. It's somebody in a <laughs> in a basement somewhere, for want of a better phrase. And it's just there's so much about it that's wrong for me at the moment. And again, we kind of come away from a football game and. Whereas with Brighton, it was kind of like VAR and Everton capitulation. This, to me, just feels like Andre Gomez's injury 
and how poor VAR is and the kind of the impact it has on the, the experience of going to the football match. I, like you, Matt, was looking at the referee when, when Jenk Tosin headed the ball in late on. He had his hand to his ear. I thought there was going to be a VAR check and it kind of... You, you lose your enjoyment, really. I came, I've come away from this film a little bit flat. I, I shouldn't be. Everton, Everton rescued a point. They showed spirit. It was a good goal in the end. I thought it was a really well-crafted goal. We, we broke down a, a low block to get to get that point in the end. But it all just feels a bit flat. And I, I, just, I can't help thinking, like, yeah, of course, it, this is Andre Gomez, but it's also to do with, with what we've seen from the officials. So, just, just, so much of it just needs scrapping, I think. Yeah, um, we will go talk about VAR first, then we'll talk about the Sean tackle, give Paddy a chance to look it up on his phone before we get his uh, assessment on it. And then we'll chat a bit about Everton's performance as well. But uh, we've got Tom Silverwood here, who is a Tranmere season ticket holder um, for the first time on the podcast. Um, you've never experienced VAR before? No. What did you think of it? VAR ruins live football it's it, it's not for live football it's a toy of sky it's for people watching at home it just sucks the enjoyment out of it yeah. really does um, Nick like you know, Paddy was saying there stood there for three minutes watching Martin Atkinson watching the screen watching the players mill around and it's and I, I know what Paddy's saying there in regards to you, you just come away feeling flat and it just doesn't feel as though and I, and I know it's early days people talk about how this is something that's in the early implementation it might get better but it's a, it's a struggle to see how they make this more streamlined isn't it because we've seen incidents over the past few weeks the inconsistency they're not using the monitors there's all kinds of things up with at the moment and it is killing being at the match and celebrating goals and getting that momentum you get from football yeah that's right and um, I think that in this kind of situation it's where for a home team I think they lose out and it's kind of, like, like the game today Spurs actually suited them these PR decisions broke the game up really well forced us um, as a collective Everton to be um, you know losing that fluidity that we had um, and you know we talk about VAR being a balancing act over the season yeah we'll get some decisions we won't get some decisions but it seems like an overwhelming majority doesn't matter what team you support at the moment are not in favour of this system yeah. I think that's very telling as well and I think the Everton crowd today um, their reaction to the VAR you know yeah. F-U-C-K VAR you can say it mate it's fine I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I don't know whether this I just, is like a, I just have to put the I just have to put the explicit mark on it and we won't get put out in, in Indian iTunes but it's fine it's okay so fuck VAR <laughs> we've lost Japan there as well I think yeah um, and that's actually the first time I've heard it in, in sort of full volume of Goodison this season. Yeah. And I don't think that's the last we've heard of it either. Joe, the, the one thing I would say about fan reaction was I think Tottenham fans' reaction to a decision that was potentially going to go against them was, was quite telling really because they were, they were chanting against VAR in a situation where that was going to potentially help them. And I think that, that just sums up the, 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 the apathy that every match-going football fan has towards this system. Um, I won't say this sentence ever again, but I was very much for VAR at the start of the season and I was incredibly wrong and this is a terrible, terrible situation that football is in at the moment because I find myself talking with you guys after the game, um, talking about decisions on Twitter or wherever it may be that I, I don't want to be appealing for a penalty that, that Deli Ali has a meaningless arm in the air. However, in, in the modern context of football and having just seen that incident now, how, how we can spend three and a half minutes out of the context of the game and 
as match going fans entrust the officials and we know there's about seven or eight of them now that have a look at these decisions 13 or 14 times and to not get to the decision of penalty at an incident like that is is truly baffling um, and it, it does very quickly cross your mind that if, if we're not going to get the, the idea about VAR and bringing it in was that we were going to eradicate error and decisions like that were not going to be made incorrectly um, we're far enough into a, a trial season and I appreciate this is very much a a test for the Premier League in terms of getting this right but we're, we're approaching Christmas quickly and this decision looks as flawed as it ever has done the, the whole system is just not suiting our game um, I think the we spoke in, in the week on our shows about the, the vision of VAR that we were sold and how that would include uh, referees checking their own decisions on monitors and it, as much as we knew as match going fans that we were never going to be able to see those incidents and, and to be able to reflect on those incidents on the big screen ourselves that is incredibly frustrating when you are sat there for four minutes yeah. and can't really get any grip of what's going on there, there was countless times and, and Deli Ali's was the main one tonight whereby we were notified that there was a there was a penalty check or some form of check going on but I think as as someone who's in the stadium, if you don't know what's being checked, yeah. then how is that in any way tailored for the consumer of this sport? Uh, it, it, it's bizarre. Um, Let's not forget Theo Walcott's red card. Tackle got checked as well, which is great. red card. Um, the, the fact that Son's supposed penalty down at the park end was checked was laughable. Um, it was by no means the, the most devious thing that he did all night, but it was it was an astounding dive. Um, and as much as we quite often label Rich Allison with the same tag, the fact that his wasn't visually checked, uh, obviously, Paddy, you said that it, it was checked, but... I think if, if you're sitting there at the game, what's the point? You it, it, tell, if, you, if you're not going to know that it's been under under a review, then then what is the point? Um, it, the the fact that we're 15 minutes into a podcast now and we haven't mentioned how Everton battled back to a one-all draw is just the summer the summary of it for me, and that it is just totally deflecting away from the sport that we all grew up enjoying. Yeah, and I think Paddy, the, the thing for me coming away from it and thinking about it a little bit more is that. I was just disengaged in the game tonight and that was down to the stoppages you know I remember the start of the season I was trying to think I'm, I'm going to try and not be on my phone and tweet as much during football matches and in the main this season I've done it when I've been at Goodison Park but the nature of the way in which the game I mean I think everybody I don't know about you guys but when you're in that situation and you get the three minute delay a minute into it a decision's not been made what are you doing you, don't, I, you I, actually I, don't care about the decision no, at that point I, but I'm reaching for my phone and trying yeah, to see yeah. what people are saying about it yeah, on, yeah. on Twitter and see what, 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 what the opinions are to see which way this might well, go that's all wrong then isn't it really yeah, but it is isn't it it's all wrong it, it, it's a skewed way of doing things and at the moment it's not working I don't think the experience for the pay customer um, who should be the priority but obviously isn't because of the, the money that Sky and BT have put into the game they should be the priority but at the moment we've got a system in which the fan back home sees all this that information is communicated properly to them we are like you say scrambling around for updates on our phones and, and the same goes to replays as well that's why I can't really sit here and, and talk in depth about what happened with the um, the Son challenge on, on Andre Gomez just because it, I, I wouldn't be informed enough you're inside the ground you can only go off the reactions of players and, and kind of what you've seen with your own eyes once um, as like a still image so I, I, 
I, I think it's quite easy to be disenfranchised with the way this is going and I was always a big advocate for some form of video technology because the officials do need help there are a million and one things that happen in a game of football and one referee stood in the centre circle particularly one that's unfit as in, in the case of half the Premier League officials it simply isn't going to be able to see anything not going to be able to see everything I should say but what we've got at the moment is got a situation in which there are layers upon layers of subjective decision making and we get further and further away from accountability like who do you, who do you blame for the poor decisions in today's game do you, do you go for Martin Atkinson do you say it's the VAR the, the person responsible for VAR Anthony Taylor today the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> implementation of it all the, the football's lawmakers I mean you, you could go on and on and I, I wouldn't know who to point the finger at all, all I know is for example I'd for me, it's, it's a blatant penalty on when when Ali handles the ball in the area. Uh, the Premier League have issued a statement off the back of that talk, apparently talking about how he was under pressure, so it, it wasn't a penalty. But I mean, the arms in an unnatural position, and I thought that's what we were judging this on. Um, but we, we don't really get anywhere, do we? There's, there's no rhyme or reason. It, it, it's all so subjective. Decisions change week in week out. Why is why is the Richarlison one last week at Brighton not a penalty? I mean. To, to, to me he was, he was hauled over in the box then we see other decisions yeah. given we're told there's a high bar and then the Michael, Ke- Michael Keane gives a penalty away for standing on somebody's foot I mean I in junior football I, I played up front and I, I'd say my foot was probably stood on about 10-15 times a game I didn't expect the penalty yeah. um, and it's just it, it, these kind of inaccuracies and um, discrepancies what's a penalty what, do we, what goes to VAR the whole system just needs a root and branch review and we've it's quite clear that we've come into this with our eyes partially closed we, we don't we don't know how best to do it we've not learned from mistakes in Germany and, and elsewhere uh, and until that happens it is going to be a farce and that's what it is at the moment it's, it, it's a farce and, and it kind of detracts from the game I, I'm not even thinking about the game really other than that maybe Everton were a bit poor on the field yeah I think um, yeah, the point Paddy made there about it detracts from the field um, it's completely right we should be talking about our performance getting back into it today um, and I think I'll probably start with that actually um, the first half I thought we showed Spurs far too much respect yeah, yeah. Um, we weren't really snapping their heels much um, you know I, I, I sort of look back to the performances of the last couple of months at Goodison of last season um, and we were so good at putting pressure uh, high up the field against these top sides we just didn't do that today maybe it was a symptom of our setup. Um, maybe it was a bit too congested in midfield um, it almost felt like Gomez, Delph and Davis were sort of stepping on each other's toes at times um, so I thought that Spurs were too comfortable in that first half um, we really gifted them that goal I'm sure we'll come on to that shortly um, it was it was it was it was yeah um, but I think we showed excellent resilience to come back after what had happened, after what we talked about with the injury. Um, great cross from Luka Dean first time. Uh, very happy for Cheng Tuson as well to, uh, to, to score the equaliser. Um, Nick's just ruined me, me agenda there. We're going to talk about the Sound Tackle next. We're going to talk about the team and then finish off with the, t- the Sound Tackle. Uh, Paddy can watch you so he can get off the fence and actually make <laughs> a, a comment about it. Um, but... Um, well, I, I totally agree with Nick. I think the performance in the first half was very passive, yeah. too passive, and I suppose I, I don't think they necessarily played that well after we went behind. I think the, the, the biggest testament to can play to, to a lot of those lads is that after seeing 
one of their teammates with his foot at a right angle they, they kept on going at it and they managed to, to somehow carve a way back into the game and it wasn't pretty we didn't have a particularly good system it was just by force of will and force of want and a bit of quality ultimately from, from, uh, from Luca Dean to put one on a play for Tosin yeah I don't think he would have had too many complaints if the Everton lads weren't able to, to really regroup after that um, we, we've seen that before in, in games that have had bad injuries in them and that 20 heads just totally go very quickly um, and I think it was a, a testament to the whole side that that didn't happen tonight I think Nick's point about Spurs in the first half is absolutely spot on um, they you would never have known that Tottenham were in an incredibly poor run of form and their fans were questioning their manager at the moment because the the and I appreciate where Everton are coming from in that in the, they're not having ball in dangerous areas but we are so passive and so respectful of teams who just want to knock it around across the back four and when that slowly starts creeping into your own half and they're starting to link up play and before you know it 20 or 25 minutes into the game the confidence of Tottenham Hotspur is higher than it has been for the last seven or eight weeks and that is where Everton need to stop being so nice in this league we are consistently the team to play against if you are in need of a little bit of a confidence booster in need of a result um, it, it's we, we are we've said it before we are the medicine for for a poor football inside it's it's effectively putting on a training game and we're, we're letting Tottenham just regain two months worth of confidence in the space of 30 or 40 minutes um, we eventually started to get stuck in the second half and, and as you say I don't think it was through any particular stylish design that we got back into the game it, it was the sheer force of a numbers and, and B determination um, that said I think the, the way that we crafted out the goal was was really good um, I think it was Yeri Mina who went out to, to Luca Dean and as much as Luca Dean's distribution was absolutely appalling tonight I thought the the ability of him to volley that crossing into clearly not picking out a, an individual man but to put it in such a dangerous area um, and I think that, that that's, technically it's, it is outstanding oh yeah yeah as, as a piece of technique it's fantastic um, and, and that is I know that blame is quite often thrown at Silva for just throwing all manner of attackers onto the pitch but situations like that are why you do it because you've got numerous people and albeit two of them tried to head that ball in at the same time tonight but you've, you've got people who can put the ball in the back of the net when it's when it's less likely for, for your other attacking players like Iwobi, like Walcott so credit to the Everton players to dig it back as, as Paddy said earlier it's, it's very hard to to put everything else aside tonight um, you, you, you really want to talk about the football and you want to talk about Everton getting a, a much needed point um, I think it was a it was a potentially very dangerous defeat for Marco Silva um, I'm, I'm not personally in the thinking that that was potentially his last game tonight if we did lose it but I can see why people were, were siding towards that theory um, regardless of whether we get one point or no points out of tonight it makes next week at Southampton a, an enormous game yeah, I, I think I'll echo what Mark's saying about the way they set up in the first half. And to me, I was watching it and thinking, it almost looks like how a lower mid-table team would approach playing away from home against one of the, the top six. They're very little on the way of ambition, um, very little on the way of vertical passing. And it was kind of, let's stifle Spurs, let, let's kind of keeping it nil-nil and then go again in the second half with kind of renewed vigour um, it doesn't necessarily need to be that way against this Tottenham side this is not the Tottenham side that dismantled Everton 6-2 last season it's one at its lowest ebb 
players out of form looking to move away in the case of Christian Eriksen a manager under massive pressure as well and with a soft centre and I think a Leicester for example who we watched earlier on TV in the in the early kickoff, they would have sniffed blood here and gone for the jugular early on Liverpool dare I say it with the look of this game obviously a lot more quality in the ranks than Everton at this moment in time and they would have killed Spurs off within the first 20 minutes purely because that's where this Spurs side are at this moment in time I don't think that I don't think there's enough I don't think there was enough forward thrust from Everton. I don't think I don't think he looked to get on the ball enough. The midfield experiment, experiment which we've all been crying out for. I think that needs a bit of work. That that's one of those things now where you, you're going to have to kind of drill it into the players, make sure that they understand what the respective responsibilities are, because it kind of felt as though we had three players all doing similar things in there. Um, and nobody on the wing driving forward with the ball so just it felt like there was a mul- multitude of problems in that first half and Spurs weren't that much better either I thought they were slightly slicker on the ball but didn't really create much second half obviously Awobi had a poor game all round and, and gives the goal away from there the response is good and again I think that that's the thing that's probably saving Marco Silva in the minds of the Goodison hierarchy at this moment in time Whenever they kind of need a response, whenever the players need to show something on the pitch, they kind of are showing something. You think about the Manchester City game, which they lost, of course, but that was deemed to be a huge game for Marco Silva in terms of how the crowd responded, how the players reacted. And Everton did at least perform in that game. West Ham, Goodison, exactly the same. They won against Watford in what was deemed a must-win game in, in midweek in the Carabao. And again today, they've kind of they've managed to kind of somehow cling on and come back firing so I think that's what's keeping Silver in his job the players quite clearly still do want to play for him I think in, in my opinion um, but there's, an, there's a lot of quality lacking there's a, there's a real dearth of quality within the ranks they look like a side to me they don't even look like a kind of Bournemouth in mid-table at the moment in time they look like a side that needs dragging up by the coattails um, and inject them with some real quality in that January window because the, the, I mean even passing moves basic passing moves kind of seem beyond them and that, that was what I took away from the first half if nothing else I don't think the formation change helped us at all um, I, I know that before well, the game we said, we said it was going to be 4-3-3 three, 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 yeah. before the game it was 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one. yeah it was Yeah, and, and four, five, one. Yeah. It, it, it seemed as though but there, there was a fluidity about that middle three um, it, all too often it would be Gomez and Davis who pushed and then all of a sudden Davis would be the one sitting and, and Delph would, would go on it, it was very hard to, to really get a sense of the direction that the players had been given um, don't get me wrong before the game when, when we saw the lineup and we saw the formation I think we all agreed that it was one that suited the game um, Spurs' power was always going to be through the spine of the side and we had to combat that in some way I think what you do when, when you change that system though and against a, a team who are very low on confidence like Tottenham at the moment is that you don't cause them enough problems everything that we've said about Everton being defensively solid at home over the last six or seven months has been that we defend from the front um, we very rarely invite pressure because we don't give teams an opportunity to build pressure we've got people like Richarlison and Awobi and Calvert-Lewin who will start the defence from that line and I think tonight and, and having a having a flatter midfield three almost invites other teams onto you like it like it did in the first half tonight I think if you were I was trying to envisage what the game would have been like if we had a Wobie in that 10 roll and there were so many opportunities in the first half whereby Evan were picking up the ball at, at full back or at centre half and there wasn't necessarily anyone in that hole to, to link play to Richarlison. And all of a sudden, he looks very isolated, he looks very frustrated, and he's on his backside every five minutes. And I think that's what a system like that does to you. Um, 
it's a difficult one because it, you, I appreciate that you have to you have to in some way set your side up to to combat the strengths of the opposition. But I think when you're at home and when you're against a side who are so so low in terms of confidence and form at the moment you have to go some way to force in the issue yeah. um, I think not not playing someone like Awobi in that 10 role I know it's very easy to say because he had a very poor game on the left wing tonight but I think Everton have probably missed a trick there yeah and just um, building on from the midfield problem that we're faced with now um, it almost feels uh, slightly premature to be talking about post Gomez but it is important yeah um, huge opportunity for Tom Davis over the next couple of months I remember back over the last festive period where we were screaming out for fresh legs Tom Davis wasn't played at all but suddenly he's going to become a key component of the midfield um, once he played well today I thought he played well I thought he was unlucky to go off I don't think he was injured at all I think it was just a system change maybe more, more attacking play um, it wouldn't surprise me if he played 8 out of 8 of the next games that took him through to close to the end of the year if not the new year um, I'm really actually quite excited to see how he's going to get on I, I, I'm really hoping he's going to take this opportunity um, and grasp it and make that position his um, one final point on today and another player I think Mason, Mason Holgate had a fairly assured game and I'd be disappointed to see Michael Keane come in for him in the next match um, very, I, was, I was very pleased with those two young players um, and hopefully they can uh, sort of kick on over the next couple of months it says a lot about Mason Holgate and Tom Davis that they have been the two players that have continued to be brave on the ball, yeah. looking to get their heads up and pick a pass and, and drive at the opposition. I think that, that tells you everything you need to know about the character of those two players. Because at this moment in time, Everton are not in a good place and there have been senior players that have hidden. They, they, they've not been as brave as Tom Davis and Mason Holgate. For me, Tom Davis was Everton's best midfielder today um, in what he did and, and the passes he looked to play. That being said, I still think there was an issue with regards to moving the ball up the pitch and progressing through the thirds, and I don't really see who was meant to come deep to take the ball off the back four and play those passes into, say, an Awobi or, or Walcott. All the lines of kind of communication between those various departments on the pitch were, were broken, and I suppose in theory that's what somebody like a, a, a Morgan Schneidlin or an Andre Gomez will do. Everton will absolutely need to find that solution there because at this moment in time they're not playing enough football with with the ball in, in possession. Um, but yeah, Davis good, Holgate good, Yerry Mina decent again as well, I thought. Um, and maybe Theo Walcott slightly unlucky to be subbed off. I, I thought that was a baffling one that he was hoping to say instead of, say, Alex Awobi, who, who was poor and looked out of sorts, albeit in a position that we hopefully won't see, it, see him in, in in the coming months. Um, who wants to go on the tackle first? Um, I uh-huh. I tweeted saying I thought it was a disgraceful challenge and it was a shithouse challenge, and seeing it again, maybe disgraceful is a bit of a strong word. Um, I'll come to you first, Mark. Um, although the, the actual tackle is not the one that injures Gomez, I think it's high, I think it's rash, it's a challenge from a frustrated player, and I'm not really on board of all the sympathy Son Hyunmin is getting on social media in regards to this, saying he's not that sort of player, he didn't really mean to do that. Um, it's a rash challenge, it's a, it's a very, very poor tackle, and ultimately it's resulted in one of our players getting a shocking injury. I can think of countless Premier League players who would not be afforded the... Yeah. level of lenience that Son is getting at the moment um, I'll agree in that the, the execution of the tackle is not the worst I've ever seen um, that, that does in no way free him of any blame 
about this injury um, the frustration was not one that started five seconds before that tackle but about 15 minutes earlier when he lost out to a, a physical battle with I think it was Yerry Mina uh, down at the park end and he he almost and I appreciate it was Yerry Mina so he very quickly rethought what he was thinking but the way he went into potentially challenge Yerry Mina was one that stank of frustration and it, it, I, I'll be honest that even at that point I looked at him and thought I did not think you had that in you as a, as a footballer he's not someone you instinctively think as being an aggressive player um, that exact situation happened leading up to the Gomez tackle um, I think it was a slap in the face that it was from Gomez yeah. from Gomez who, who I mean we've seen Andre Gomez be that that physical with, with other players around him and, and we know he loves a bit of physical contact but I think Son was, was very clearly hit up by that um, the the malice in this challenge for me is not in the execution of the tackle it's in the intent it was it was total retaliation it was total anger and you, you can't go into a tackle with that mindset and then expect lenience when something like that happens. Um, it, I, as, again, it, it's, not, it's not a two-footed lunge into the side of his ankle that snaps it in half, and I, I totally get that, but without the level of petulance and aggression that Son shows in approaching that tackle, we're not here talking about a potentially career-threatening injury. Um, I, I, I don't think as much as... It, it's not the worst we've ever seen. I don't necessarily think we can, we can excuse him for that. Yeah, I, I don't think it really matters one iota that the initial contact from Son wasn't necessarily the thing that has injured Gomez then and there. The fact that he then precipitated the fall yeah. and made Gomez fall into um, Aurier is, is, is the thing that's really caused hurt here. And I think looking at it again and looking at the replays you actually see Son try to hack at Alex Awobi first and my initial impression which again wasn't born out of watching a replay was that Son did have an element of frustration about his play and was looking to kind of hack it was reckless it was from behind the player and yeah alright we've seen loads of people apparently defend this lad and his character and and look to console him He's, he's not the victim yeah. there's no way on earth that he should become the victim in all of this he's, he's the guy there that's, that's gone out and it is quite it's a cynical and it's a nasty foul um, not entirely sure on on, on the, the card colour there but he's not the victim in all of this and I think that needs to be remembered he's the one that kind of almost kind of petulantly kicked out and um, knew what he was doing um, it, it was poor um, it was not befitting of the character we're told that he has we're told that he's kind of this this kind of nice personality and, 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 and has a sunny disposition that, that doesn't matter does it really it, 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 he knew what he was doing and, and it's, it's caused a nasty injury I think now the focus has to be not on Son Jung Min and how he recovers in quotation marks from injuring a player badly but it's on how Everton give Andre Gomez the medical support how Everton as a club give support to the players who have seen a teammate badly injured, and how Everton oh, recover on the um, on the pitch from uh, losing a key midfielder. Oh, she nearly interrupted there by one of our friends. Uh, Tom, you wanted to say something. Uh, it's undoubtedly going to get portrayed as a team foul that went wrong, but as a neutral being there, that was deliberate. It was it was aimed to hurt. So that something needs to there needs to be something retrospective about that person. I think looking into it because it was a deliberate tackle. It was deliberately made to hurt. Yeah, I think uh, we know it's a bad tackle. He himself obviously knew it was a bad tackle. 
what we don't need is people saying, you know, he's not like a sort of player, blah, blah, blah. Almost reminds me of some, some, some of the Reds over the years and their tackles. Um, but reminds me when Kevin Nolan did it to an each I was like, oh, Kevin Nolan. He's not, got, he's not got that sort of thing in him. That, that was obviously a much worse challenge, but... And that was Kevin Nolan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As Paddy says, you know, you are losing sight of the victim here, um, which is Andre Gomez. And I'm sort of torn between two minds here because I do like Son as a player. I really do. But I also think... The injury yeah. is caused. He should actually get a retrospective slightly longer ban mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. I really do. Um, whether it happens remains to be seen. It's probably, if it doesn't happen, it's just even more um, sort of evidence to the, the, the shambles that is the refereeing situation at the moment. Just to go back to the, the car colour thing, Paddy. But, I mean, see, looking back at the video, you can... From what I've seen, it looks as though the referee reaches for a yellow yeah, he instinctively. Um, looking back now and everything we know about this tackle, do you think that was a red card challenge? Well, my initial impression in the ground was that it was a straight red, and I was surprised when I saw a yeah, yellow yeah. card come out because I mean there was horror from all the players around. So some yeah. kind of had his hands up immediately in the way that you do when you, when you're absolutely yeah. culpable. Serge Aurier, who was the closest to me in, in GT2, kind of looked round in horror. Um, and, and yeah, I was I was surprised that a red card didn't come out immediately. We, we I mean, we're still seeing disagreements about this, aren't we? Mm. As as I said earlier, you kind of take to Twitter to see what the general consensus is, and I've not seen a general consensus emerge yet. But like we've said, this was from behind. Yeah. He was looking to foul the player. He's precipitated a serious injury. All that kind of stuff means that you, you kind of have to look at them and think, I mean, a red card, you can't really have too many complaints, I wouldn't have thought. The reason I asked that question is because I, I think the referee looks over and sees the injury and thinks, yeah, I, I can't possibly yeah. book a player for that. Um, good point you raised about, about Aurier is that if there's anyone that I do have sympathy for in this situation, it's him. Because he ultimately has impacted on Gomez's leg and caused this injury um, by, by no fault of his own um, but it, I think if, if we were going to talk about a Spurs player who who needed a little bit of lenience I think he would probably be the one that, that you think I, that, that's, a, that's a really unfortunate position for any footballer to be put in to cause an injury like that um, yeah, lots to unpack there. Um, after Everton Drew with Tottenham Hotspur, uh, we'll be doing it all week on the Blue Room. Uh, cheers to Mark, Paddy, Nick, and Tom as well. We'll be back on Tuesday with Subscribers Weekly. We'll also have, some, um, we'll have our Stats Pack show on Blue Room Extra with Matt Cheatham on Monday and Blue Monday with myself and Les Roberts as well. So look out for all that. Uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Get well, Andre Gomez. I know, I know he listens to us regularly. Uh, I'm sure while he's in hospital, he'll be able to tune in some of the podcasts. But, uh, Best wishes to Andre Gomez and hopefully see him back on the pitch again very soon. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network.